Hi, everyone. I'm Jessica Deruzza, and this is the Trust Psyche podcast on astrology and depth psychology. I'm a psychotherapist, astrologer, and teacher, and you can find me at trustpsyche.com, where you can begin studying astrology with me today. Thank you so much for being here with me. I really appreciate you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Coming out as an astrologer is a very real thing for so many of us. I think the scale upon which we come out has a lot to do with how visible we need or want to become with astrology in our lives. Each one of us practices astrology in our own unique way. That's the brilliance and the genius of this practice. Now, for many people who love astrology and learn it, it stays something that's kind of relatively a fun thing or some people would even say a hobby or just something that you do in your own private time. Not necessarily something that you're sharing with other people. And then there's those of us where once we learn astrology, we have the craving to talk about it with other people in our life, whether that's other enthusiasts of astrology and lovers of the wisdom, or our friends and family. It's not atypical once someone learns how to read their own natal chart to then start to look at family and friends' natal charts, loved ones' natal charts. And there is a natural excitement that comes at this stage because of most likely all of the benefits that you've received from learning about your birth chart. There's been really helpful insights and um, even a sense of uh, being seen and witnessed by the universe that often takes a quality of having a spiritual or mystical experience And once that happens, there are those of us who then go deeper into the inquiry of asking, how can this be? And what does this mean about the nature of existence and reality? That we can see our lives and all of its dimensions in the heavens. For folks whose minds go in that direction and start to look at things more philosophically and metaphysically and cosmologically, that's where we really start to get into the implications of astrology or an astrological worldview being real. When we have that impulse to talk about astrology with friends and family, it's also not uncommon for there to be a combination of the excitement of wanting to share a new discovery, usually coming from an intention of being helpful and supportive. If it's helped you, it could help somebody else, right? mixed in with some fear and caution because, let's face it, 
not everyone in one's life is going to be open-minded or accepting of astrology. It is still, by and large, um, taboo or forbidden, especially for religious folks that are more fundamentally religious and astrology is antithetical or uh, not allowed within their religious beliefs or for folks who are more on the side of science and materialism and reductionism or perhaps are atheist, you know, facing that kind of um, logical questioning of something that you might not feel prepared yet to answer those kinds of questions. Like, how do you prove astrology is real and trying to understand it from a more scientific place? For many people, that can feel threatening or one feels unprepared or inadequate to have that level of conversation with somebody that you know. The coming out process, whether it's to just share astrology for the love of it or to actually step into the realm of being a professional astrologer, it requires a lot of pretty difficult conversations. And in my experience, those conversations are the very conversations that sharpened, strengthened, and fortified my own beliefs around astrology. In the early years, probably for the first solid four years of being a professional astrologer, the majority of my conversations outside of the reading space was having ongoing debates with people from all different backgrounds and walks of life around the validity of, of astrology, asking me the hardest questions. This really pushed me, drove me to think very carefully, long and hard and deeply about these questions, these relatively universal questions that the majority of astrologers get asked. We know them so well, like the question about fate versus free will, or if this is predictive, then is there really choice? And what happens is pretty quickly, we leave talking about the meaning of the planets or the signs and the houses and the placements in one's chart to some of the most deep spiritual, philosophical and metaphysical questions that human beings can ask. Now, this is something that I will spend a lot of time with when I teach my upcoming workshop on how to read a birth chart. There's going to be a component of that workshop that I give this summer that is going to address these issues because I don't know any professional astrologer who starts giving readings that doesn't have to deal with two main things within the session space. One, people coming in in times of crisis and asking for support and help around the most difficult aspects of being human, whether that's they've, loved, they've lost a loved one or they're um, having an affair or they want to um, quit their job. There are these things that people bring into us that as professional astrologers, counseling astrologers, 
we must find a way to be comfortable with. And this is why we really deserve to get training and support in a therapeutic way around how to be with these questions that every astrologer faces. But two, what happens also during readings is because a lot of people are having a paradigm shift in the reading itself, especially if it's an early reading, a first reading, or a very powerful reading where the reading that the, the client feels so seen and so affirmed to a degree that they never have before, that reading itself can be a spiritual experience that breaks open that person's worldview. And then they have all of these very normal human questions that they ask the astrologer. If you can see my life in the planets, then what does that mean about reality? It probably means things very different than how that person was raised or what that person has thought to be true up until this point. And so the astrologer is tasked with holding space and answering those, again, deepest philosophical questions about the nature of reality, karma, destiny, choice, free will, fatalism. Astrologers get asked the hardest questions in life. Will I ever find real love? Will I ever be financially successful? Do you know when I'm going to die? Should I get a divorce? Will we ever repair? Will my children speak to me again? These are the types of questions that professional counseling astrologers get asked. And because they're so difficult, professional astrologers deserve a lot of support. And um, as we'd say in the realm of psychology, consultation or supervision around being in these really deep therapeutic spaces. But you don't have to become a professional counseling astrologer to be faced with these kinds of questions in your coming out process as an astrologer. Typically, there is an expectation in our society that if you believe something, you should know everything about it. And the fact is, is that no single one of us will ever know everything about astrology and how it works. And it's also true that when we're earlier in the journey, we don't have answers to a lot of those questions yet because we're still figuring them out ourselves. We're still trying to find language for things that we know to be intuitively true or that we see working, but we just don't quite know yet how to talk about it. Probably because of my temperament and my chart and my kind of mm, fiery, out loud <laughs> exuberance and extroversion, I ended up in a lot of debates early on. And as I said, those debates sharpened my mind and deepened my convictions. I got to talk to scientists. I got to talk with atheists. I got to talk with fundamental Christians. I got to talk with Muslims. I got to talk with people of all walks of faith. And 
really get to try and understand where, how, and why people would have a difficult time accepting astrology as real. And that was some of the most valuable experiences that I had as a developing professional astrologer. Now, I will say that 15 years in, I don't have those conversations anymore. Mostly because I'm not interested in having them. I've had those. I went all the way with it. And now I like to spend my time with people who already uh, believe and or practice, you know, even up through the highest level of being professional themselves. I love working with professional astrologers and, and therapists and coaches, you know, who are looking for uh, deep therapeutic support around how to be with this work. That's really where my joy and my gifts are. However, I actually haven't been asked to prove astrology to be real in at least the last seven years, if not more. And I think that's because the vibration I must be putting out and the way that I talk about astrology now has lost its feverish pitch of trying to convince anybody that it's real, right? Oftentimes, when we fall in love with something new that's really helped us, whatever it is, we can get into a place with it early on, especially in the first couple of years, where it can be, seem like we're prophetizing um, or we're trying to like peddle or sell our position. I think a lot of that comes from a genuine place of enthusiasm and that kind of initial learning curve that we have and, and also, you know, our, our respect and gratitude for something helping us. And we naturally, if this helped me, it can help you. But I think often what comes with that, whether we know it or not, is the way that we're talking about astrology and sharing it often elicits combativeness or, oh yeah, prove it to me. And I think what eventually ended up happening for me as I reflect upon it now is that it became more and more about how I lived with astrology than trying to prove it. I, as I just said, think it was very valuable and deeply shaped and informed me as an astrologer to try and prove it to people. It's just that I don't have the interest or the energy to do that anymore. So when it comes up in conversation today with somebody who doesn't believe in it or who even wants to judge it or mock it, I just don't even allow the conversation to go there. I'll change the subject. I'll walk away. I'll say, do you know how much people pay me to do that? I don't think so. You know, it's this protection around the sanctity of the work and for me keeping it for people who really want to receive it and want to go there and hear it and open up that space together. Now, I think that as we come out as astrologers, inevitably and to varying degrees for each of us depending on our background is going to face differing degrees of judgment. What I have seen from folks is typically the people we're most afraid to come out to is our immediate family or our in-laws and that can take on a varying range some people, it's very difficult for them to come out to their children because they raise their children in maybe a perhaps 
more scientific, materialistic way, had a spiritual awakening themselves. And then when they want to go and tell their children about it, their children think that they're crazy or have lost their minds and become unhinged. Other people have a hard time coming out about it even to their partner or partners because they're not on the same page spiritually. Now, other people have a really hard time coming out to their in-laws because maybe there's a difference in religious background or just a fundamental difference in religious beliefs that you usually can be mitigated or there's subjects that we just don't go into or we don't see them often enough. But I think what's happened with social media and having public profiles is we all feel so much more exposed to the people in our lives that we used to be able to keep more compartmentalized. Like your family didn't have to know everything or your coworkers didn't have to know everything. But now, because all of us can be Google searched, the second you put yourself out there in any form that could connect you with astrology, that means you're searchable. And I find that to be a pretty big roadblock for a lot of people who are wanting to perhaps get their astrological voice out there more through writing or YouTube or social media. And I've seen different versions of it from people taking pseudonyms and having pen names to, uh, uh, pseudonyms, (laughs) pseudonames, (laughs) pen names, um, you know, to, yeah, like private, uh, private profiles, Um, or, you know, most tragically not doing anything at all, um, which of course makes me feel very sad to lose your voice there. Though I understand, um, I was talking with someone recently where they had, uh, come out that they love astrology and are studying it and even want to become a professional astrologer to their inner circles. But the thought of their boss finding out was terrifying. Um, and the truth is, is that we don't really know how somebody's going to respond in bo- either directions. I, I have been surprised both ways, positively and negatively in people's responses around it. And I've seen the same be true for many other folks. So I think there's a lot of unknowns and uncertainties and fear in trying to decide with whom and when to share and, and, and to what level. I think overall it's an intimidating process again, because even if the person is open to having a conversation with you about it, which a lot of people are, you know, curious. Now that curiosity might come through as judgment or mockery. (laughs) Um, but yet the person is still curious enough to have a conversation. Um, yeah, it's intimidating to be put on the spot and to feel pressure to articulate why you believe in something or to prove it. Okay, show me how this is real in my chart. Read my chart right now. You know, there's very few other um disciplines or professions where you would tell somebody, this is what I do, and then they'd force you to do it. Oh, yeah? Okay, you're a therapist? Diagnose me right now. Oh, okay. Um, you're a foot doctor. Look at my foot. What's wrong with it? Like people don't do that. Right. But when it comes to astrology, whether you're doing it personally or professionally, people want proof. 
Now, I would like to think that deep down their soul is going, oh yeah, <laughs> pay attention to me. Show me, show me something. Show me truth. Help me remember. Uh, you know, but through the ego, it's coming through as, you know, yeah, right. You're full of shit. Show me now or never. Other times, um, you know, folks don't want to have a conversation at all about it. I've had people just simply ignore the fact that I just said I'm an astrologer and they pretend that I never said it. And we just don't ever talk about it again. I've had other people, um, you know, ask questions like, well, is that accredited? I mean, do you really think you're going to make a living from that? You know, things like of that nature. And I think all of those responses from anybody that we care about, but also just anybody is hurtful. Um, and for different reasons for each of us. I think a lot of us already struggle with expressing ourselves and sharing our voice in a world that feels mm, pretty judgmental <laughs> and uh, lacking in empathy and understanding. And so for folks who already have a hard time either with public speaking or sharing you know, what they're really thinking and feeling, then when you're met with some form of rejection uh, or mockery um, or just being completely ignored, that hurts and it's painful. And, and you know, typically as humans, we try and avoid uh, social situations and interactions that are going to be painful or humiliating. And so we kind of shut that down or avoid it because we don't want to go there. And I get that. So I think the coming out process has many complex layers to it. And I think that by us really beginning to air that out together and talking about it together and sharing our coming out stories, we can start to help each other um, navigate what it is needed to be able to share something that really, when we return to it, is something that's just so deeply meaningful to us and is something that we would like to share with people in our life because, well, it's like if you were one day to discover how weather worked and you were able to help your community know when it was going to rain, um, well, yeah, you would want to share that. I think often many of us have that same experience when it comes to waking up to astrology. You know, it's a different kind of weather, and we want to share it with our community. Like, oh, hey, you know, something as maybe relatively simple as it's Mercury retrograde, during these three weeks and these types of things happen just to give you a heads up or, hey, you know, it's an eclipse um, on this date just to be aware or, hey, you're in your Saturn return or, hey, the collective is going through, you know, this Saturn-Neptune alignment and these types of things happen just so you're aware. It's like wanting to share awareness. That's what we do as human beings. We like to share the awareness that we get. Um, so I think it's a very natural thing. So when I think back to, you know, my coming out process, I think 
uh, because of the way I was raised, I had less concern about people judging me for doing something that was far out or radical because I had already been typecasted as uh, the weirdo or the freak from elementary school. So I had become very used to people looking at me that way and treating me that way. Um, and also, uh, I, I was already living a very counterculture life in other ways. So I had already left the mainstream uh, in the years prior to discovering astrology and becoming a professional astrologer. So that part wasn't difficult. The part that I suffered around early on was my emotions around people not getting it or not giving me the opportunity to talk about it. I will let you know this, that 15 years later, uh, every single person in my life knows that I'm an astrologer. Um, and I, I am, I, I want to say, and what's surprising that I'm not, I'm not surprised by it anymore is what you'll find um, years down the road is the people who maybe didn't understand it or even um, shut you down around it come to you later when they go through either their own existential or spiritual crisis or their own kind of collapse or breakdown in their life and they'll search you out for your guidance. Um, or they'll refer someone to come talk to you that they know in their life who's approached them about wanting to find an astrologer to give them a reading. Um, and this is fundamentally why I believe that if everyone in our life knows that we are a professional astrologer who gives readings, if that's you, you will see the payoffs uh, and the benefits of that relatively quickly because everyone in our life will encounter somebody who brings up astrology to them and you want to be the person that that person thinks of. And I've had so many cases of family members or uh, friends from undergrad where when they found out I was an astrologer, they ignored me or put me down. And then, a, you know, five, ten years later, asked me for a reading. And there's a lot to say about that, but I'm going to actually hold that there. So this is just the very opening conversation that I want to have about coming out as an astrologer. And what's going to happen in the next episode is I'm going to begin interviewing astrologers and their coming out process so we can get to hear these stories and begin to, you know, have these conversations and ask more of these questions of what it's like and how we can support one another in the journey that is both unique for each of us, but also there are some things that we all share 
that we all encounter, have encountered, or will encounter. And if in any way right now you're struggling with coming out or, you know, you're, you're feeling blocked around something, you know, reach out to other people who have gone through this and it's okay to ask them for their support, whether that's just to listen to you or if you're wanting some guidance. Um, it's really important to remember that we're not alone in this process and also you know, to, to, to be gentle with yourself and respect, you know, where you come from. Some of us have a lot more to break free from than others. Uh, and we're not all, you know, starting at the same place in the coming out process. And also I'm going to offer this when it comes to talking with people who have a different worldview than you and you're sharing about astrology with them i want to offer you two things one see if you can challenge yourself in a creative way to find the language to use that you think that person will be able to hear if you really slow down and you listen we actually have more in common with one another than not we just have often different words for it um so for example i know someone who says a phrase like you make your own luck but they don't believe in uh, magic. I have another person who says God instead of universe. Um, that's okay. Like, especially as professional counseling astrologers, it's actually really important that we practice using the language that the other person is going to be able to relate to. And so that fun challenge of adapting your vocabulary to see if you can find even just the slightest inroad of connection, because let's remember that this is really what this is about. The other thing I want to offer you is because every person is speaking from their natal chart and from their own psychology, including their background, um, as an astrologer, it's an opportunity for you to get to understand that and to look at the person, and especially if you have their birth info, you don't need to necessarily talk to that person about their chart. You can still get to learn about astrology and even about them by knowing their chart and hearing what they're saying and trying to understand, you know, why would a Mercury-Saturn person be speaking this way and a Mercury-Pluto person be speaking this way or, um, uh, you know, a Moon-Uranus person speaking this way. It's an opportunity for us as astrologers to get to learn and appreciate each different archetype's way of processing and understanding reality. Further, if we understand someone psychologically and where they come from in their background, usually through the way that the person is questioning you about astrology, they're their own confessions. So that person is confessing to you where their own issues are in their spiritual journey. And if you're a professional astrologer, it's important that you develop compassion for that, right? And empathy. And I'm not saying you need to give that to somebody who, you know, isn't paying you or is mocking you. No, but it is an opportunity to stay in a curious place that's a little bit more investigative and go, oh, I could totally see why someone who was brought up as a fundamentalist Christian and had, you know, 
maybe a traumatic experience at the age of seven and then rejected the church and rejected God and, you know, is now atheist would have a very difficult time, you know, believing that astrology is real. And if I can slow down there and be with that person in their experience, what I have found is more often than not, there actually is something really healing just simply by getting to have those conversations without trying to make that person believe that astrology is real. So in the beginning, it's normal to want to prove. And I think that, again, there's something valuable in that. But I also think that when we're able to get to the place of letting go of that and looking for other people to affirm us in something that perhaps maybe we're still shaky in, um, we start to have different types of conversations and inter interactions around astrology. So the kinds of conversations that we're having around astrology with people in our life is also a reflection of what we're bringing forward in the way that we're talking about this. All right, everyone, I will see you again soon. Thank you so much. We are dreamed into existence. What we do with that dream is up to us. How we dream is as important as what we dream, for the what of the dream knows itself through the how.